Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. You know, I seem to recall one of your favorite comic books ever is something called Bondage Fairies. Oh, Bondage Fairies. I love the Bondage Fairies. And it's got all kinds of bondage. And they're not tentacles, but they're But they're little fantasy creatures. Little fantasy creatures. So you're not opposed to the idea of mixing fantasy creatures and sex. Absolutely not. This week on Erotic Awakenings, Confessions of a Sheba Queen, Autumn Bardo and Mixing Fantasy and Eroticism, Number One Flirting Text, and Anal Deletion. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We'd like to thank our latest Patreon supporter, Hi, Rose. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kickstarter cards as well as audio excerpts from our book, Living MS. So, awesome. There we go. Or Patreon subscribers like Pyro said, I don't want your crappy book. Actually, I do want your crappy book. But no, I also they said want... they already had yes. our books. <laughs> and they said they would like to do a, um, a, a Skype conversation with us. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So Patreon supporters pretty much ask for anything you want. We're easy. So, and Patreon supporters also got, we did the recording of, um, what did we do last week? It was the difference between power exchange and abuse, Mm -hmm. where I kind of went through um, my chapter in Living MS, where I talk about being a uh, abuse survivor and how um, you and I hooked up and power exchange has been part of my healing path and things like that. So it's a whole chapter on being an abuse survivor in a healthy power exchange relationship. And I don't want to actually walk down that path for today's Mm -mm. topic. Nope. But I will say it was really interesting that we wrote that book 10 years ago. If not longer. Yeah. And here we are in reading it this time around. It was like, well, that, that is a a chapter of a book of your past. Mm -hmm. It is not something that's still echoing around. No, actually, I've, uh, I wouldn't mind writing another writing about that at this point because, mm-hmm. you know, where I was 10 years ago, and we've been together for 20 years. So even when this was put in the book, when that chapter was put in the book, we had been on this path for 10 years, right. the healing path and the power exchange path. So it was at one point in my life, like you said, and um, I still think there's great stuff in that chapter. And then 10 years later, you're right, I don't get the echoes like right, I used right. to. So, you know, for, for anyone that's like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? I uh, don't know that it ever ends completely, but, man, it definitely tones down quite yeah. a bit. So, awesome. Um, but anyway, if you're a Patreon supporter, and then Dan reads his chapter on being a master of a survivor. So mm-hmm. um, if you're a Patreon supporter, those links are out there for you yeah, to Yeah, go check to. them out. Um, so, Don, I'm going to flip things up on you from there. So we have been talking... Up until recently, we've been sharing the three shitty flirting questions. <laughs> now, we re- I don't think it was titled that, but that is definitely how it turned out. No, but and we've replaced that with the 19 pages of limits and kinky stuff. Mm-hmm. And our uh, our guest uh, Autumn Bardot is has blindly agreed to handle one of those kinky things. Oh, cool! Don't look at them. Oh. That's cheating. I had I looked at the first one. I cheated. I had to look it up. I wasn't sure what the hell it was. And okay. I had to look it up. And I still don't know what it is. Did I mark off the ones that we already did? I did. Okay. Cool. Um, the point being, though, 
So we went through all these bad flirting techniques, flirting tips, and we have to do a whole podcast on good flirting, how to flirt. We really do. There will be a day where we are allowed to integrate, integrate, interact with other human beings again. (laughs) Physically. Physically. And we will need those flirting techniques. So what is your number one flirting tip? My number one flirting tip? Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. What I usually recommend, and I know you recommend it too, is um, to wear something that is interesting. So I tend to make sure that either people can see my tattoos mm-hmm. or um, I wear like a, a stone jewelry because I, I love my, my stone necklaces. And usually they all each have a different meaning, right? And that way someone's got something to start a conversation with because a lot of people wear jewelry that means something to them. Not everybody but a lot of us do. So, and that's a good conversation starter. Okay. So what's cool. yours? Um, somebody, I feel like maybe it was a Tiger Woods, maybe it was a somebody else, but there's some quote out there that says you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Maybe it was Michael Jordan. Don't know. <laughs> Sports ball. Um, but it's the, the number one flirting technique that I'm going to share is you got to fucking go do it. Just go mm-hmm. do it. Just go talk to the person. Go say something, right? Practice some line in your head and don't make it a stupid line. Just go talk to people. Right. I have seen some really interesting combinations of people that you never would think would be together. You know, like somebody who looks like, and I can't think of some super hot popular chick currently because I'm not current. Uh, I have no clue. J-Lo still a thing? I have no clue. Okay. Say J-Lo. I've seen... I'm watching, I'm watching series that are like 10 years old and I'm just getting into them. Yeah. You found this brand new show called Dexter? Dexter? Yeah. I know. So, um, so anyway, some super attractive person with somebody that looks like comic book guy. Right? From the and Simpsons. You, and when you look at these two, you look at this couple, you're like, how did these two ever interact how did these two ever hook up together right it is because one of those people at one point decided i'm gonna go talk to this other person Mm -hmm. and boom there it goes so my number one flirting technique is you got to go out there and do it and fake that self-confidence oh absolutely yep so so there you go awesome so don uh other than that today on the podcast uh we have our guest autumn bardot is on uh you've been reading her latest book confessions of a sheba queen i have uh, you've, and I was actually sharing this with Autumn beforehand. Um, you, we end up getting a lot of books and we're asked, Oh, would you read this book? Maybe talk mm-hmm. about it on the podcast. And this one, you're actually literally enjoying, I'm literally enjoying this one to the point where you didn't realize we even had a podcast going on, you know, that this was a podcast interview. Like, Oh, I just found this great book. Oh, aren't I worried about finding <laughs> this book? No, no, we were told you about this book. Um, so wonderful. So, uh, let me bring on Autumn. Autumn, thank you for being on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So what is your elevator pitch for what Confessions of a Sheba Queen is about? Um, The elevator pitch would be that it is a story of a fiery, passionate woman who really learns about herself, her true powers, um, and, and ultimately a look at a lot of historical aspects of it, bring that all in. And we have kind of a sensual, sexy, erotic look at how the um, the enigmatic Queen of Sheba became to power. So, well, I'm finding it a very interesting read. So, And I um, haven't quite finished it yet, but I am going to get there because I'm very interested in the book. <laughs> and um, awesome. I like how, 
because usually I read erotica, right? You know, that that's mm-hmm. just my go-to. If, if um, I, I love fantasy, I love erotica, I love all this stuff. And what I was finding about this book is that it's not necessarily erotica, but okay. it is definitely got erotica in it. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Oh, so yeah. it's not it's not a porn book. It has definitely got like history references, and though I'm curious if the history references are real, and um, like the goddess names and things like that, the god and goddess names, and so it ties all that in, and it starts from her childhood. So it's yeah. it's really kind of neat how that all flows together, and how it's you know it talks about oracles and you know which is my my jam. So <laughs> okay. But um, um, yeah, it it was um. I I write historical fiction. I also write historical erotica. And I, for me, when I read erotica, when I read a story, I want a story. Yeah, like I love the story aspect. I think that kind of gives the erotica that edge. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had written um for the publisher like a short story collection. And one of that was I had just taken the one scene out of um, when she meets um, um, Saul, King Solomon. And as, as I was writing that scene, she spoke to me. I mean, it was like the character kind of, you know, came out of my computer and just said, tell my story. Nice. And so when I finished that collection of short stories, um, I called my uh, editor and I said, you know, I want to write her whole story. She says, go for it. Um, so I was really able to explore it. And because I write also historical fiction, I love the historical aspects. And yes, absolutely, the gods and goddesses' names are absolutely accurate. Um, everything, the uh, topography, anything that you read in there, um, absolutely accurate. The food, I do a lot of historical research um, because that's what I like when I read. Like, if yeah. you're going to tell me that the ate something I want to know what they ate or what tree they walked by and I think that adds a lot of to oh it adds a lot of sensuality to an already sensual book um you know it's not just skin it's it's taste it's smell it's surroundings um I think you have to have a whole kind of um sensual immersion in the book and that's what I'm finding so would you classify this as historical erotica Yes, that's that's why it's a little different because this is the first historical erotica that I've read. So it's got a little. So maybe that's why I was not considering it erotica per se, but more of a historical story with erotica in it. You know, mine's usually the stuff I read. A lot of erotica scenes. Yes, and they're hot. It was it was fun to write about her because I mean. I looked at that there's like five different versions, um, like old time texts of, of the Queen of Sheba. They give her different uh, names, Bill Keys, uh, Mikada, which all kind of mean queen kind of thing. Um, so I kind of chose one and I did a blending of the stories because, you know, the history is always told by the winners, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so I kind of like what I blended all those aspects, um, in her and I, there's a lot of, um, in some of the texts, they want to make her a genie. And mm-hmm. like, who doesn't love a genie, right? <laughs> and, and so because there was a lot of, um, also a lot of histor- history about her coming from royalty, but they weren't sure, I kind of wanted to embed that all in. And that's kind of why I made her half a genie. 
And I didn't want to give her full genie powers because I think that would go like too far into the fantasy. But I did bring like to me what I thought were all the yummy fantasy elements to it. So although she doesn't have like the, the powers of the speed and the strength that the typical genie would have, um, you know, in that mythology, um, I made her have basically that she just, for, you know, I guess a better word, she just loves sex and is a sex addict and it energizes her and makes her feel alive. And I thought that's going to kind of be what, where I want her to go and to find her power through that. Nice. So, well, it definitely works that way. And I'm glad you kept her as half, half genie as well. So, cause like you said, full genie would have been over the top, right? Cause then, right. then it would have felt like fiction. That you were it reading. It would have felt like fiction. And I think this kind of gives that. I mean, because if you read a lot of different um, um, historical religious texts, there's so much mysticism in it. Mm-hmm. And I love mysticism. I'm all about that line between reality and fantasy and mysticism and that other world that we don't know about. And I felt like this would kind of be a good, um, it would be, it's perfect. Like to me, it was, it was the perfect thing. And and another thing that I, I really liked writing about her was because she was so um, uninhibited and open to everything. I got to have scenes with her with men, with women. And then I brought in um, an intersex character. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of work as well, um, because there's, I mean, there's so many different kinds of intersex people out there. And, and I thought, you know, I need to bring a little magic into her to make her fully buy-inable um, for the intersex character. Right. Um, and then kind of give her a little bit of a backstory, too. So for me, the intersex character, Shani, was very, was fun, but a fun character to write because she had so much possibilities. And I wanted to bring in both her feminine her, and her masculine traits and kind of merge them into this really cool, almost, um, well, in the in the in the novel, um, she's actually bewitched, so she actually has the best parts of both, right? Which you know it makes it a little bit more magical. So, well, like I said, I'm finding it to be an awesome story. So, but um, I want to I want to go. I'm glad you said that the the gods and goddesses names are real because now because I spend a lot of time um, researching the mystical, and these mm-hmm. must be some ancient names because I haven't seen them yeah. before. So if now, now I want to go research. I found um, there's not a lot on her I mean there is but there's a lot of stuff that's just not like like source material right um I found this amazing like when I do any of my research I I end up finding usually um out of date out of print books um that I find on Amazon and um I usually if you saw the book you'd be horrified um because it's highlighted it's marked it's have it's dog-eared um <laughs> but it it was a book basically of um artwork of of the era of the queen of sheba era and so um besides having like all this amazing information about all these crazy things like the wadis and like anything you read is that's that's all accurate um it had all the artwork and the artwork, modern artwork from her, and then ancient artwork. So I was really able to um, kind of just really get into that. And to me, she came much more alive when I could see artwork from the era. Because it would give you, you a know? visual. So mm-hmm. I like that. 
So, well, I'm I'm entranced with the book. So, and you said that you write more historical erotica. I, I do. Um, I have another um, historical erotica. It's fourteen um, short stories, so straight erotica. We're like bam right into the sex every every Good. story. That's <laughs> I like those too. <laughs> That's Legends of Lust. So it's, it's a great read for now, right? Because everybody's staying at home. It's you know it's yes. like twenty pages a story, whatever. But I also write historical fiction. Um, my historical fiction is is um, a tad bit tamer, um, but there's still some very, very sexy scenes, a lot of sexy scenes, because, you know, sex is who we are, and I write about badass women, and badass women like sex, so it goes into my story. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so do you have anything else in the works? Um, right now, I'm actually, um, I have two things in the works. Um, I have a like a more modern um, piece I'm working on, um, kind of almost fantasy, um, and once again with the mystical. And then I have another historical fiction that I'm hoping to get to uh, this summer, but um, I'm hoping. So I have all these things backed up. Um, like I said, I, I write about badass women. Um, I like powerful women who kind of um, know who, if they don't know what they want, they find their power. And I think um, for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a young chicken. I have grandkids. You know, I have got older kids and things. And I feel like we need more stories about badass women who just take the bull by the horns and, and live their life the way they want to. And aren't ashamed of their sexuality because this girl is not ashamed of her sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> right? Autumn, you're no, very... because that's part of it. That's part of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Autumn, you're, you're very uh, clearly very passionate about this. And, and from the conversation that we're having now and the conversation we had beforehand, uh, very involved in being alive is how I'm going to put this. I don't suppose you live anywhere near Ohio. I've got some flirting techniques that uh, <laughs> have not been going well lately, but I'm, I'm going to give it a try. Well, you know, you we were talking about your flirting techniques, and I was like just making some notes and things as you were talking. And I'm thinking, you know, it's funny because I have two daughters. Um, they're both uh, either one's getting married and, and one's married and girlfriends, you know, they all have that. And I think, you know, girls need to learn. I mean, it's so easy to flirt. It really is. And I think some people, you just, for me, you said your flirting technique was um, clothing. And I thought, you know, when I think about when I was single, and I was single a couple times because I've been married. This is number three. I think number three is a keeper. Um, <laughs> and um, I would just, you know, you look at them, you look away, you kind of give them a little smile, not too much, but you look away. Um, guys always want what they can't have. <laughs> that is very true. And, and that- that is a great technique. By it the way. is. And my problem is, is that I like to offer up on a silver platter and that usually drives them away. So <laughs> it's not a great flirting technique. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people have to find, you know, what works for them. Um, it's such, and the thing is like, what worked? Well, I, I don't know, like, because when I went back into the, um, the single world after I got my, um, second divorce I went back into the single world I was like 37 years old right (laughs) and I you just don't have what you had when you were 21 um but I found that um if you're yourself if you're authentic and you laugh and you laugh at yourself I think men respond to that um it might mean not be a man women all people respond to someone who can laugh at themselves um is funny 
um, if that's your, you know, if that's your personality, but to be authentic, I think, um, I think people respond to that. And, and especially, and we should probably do a uh, flirting on the other side of 40 edition of the podcast. Don and I are both on the other side of 40 by a decade. <laughs> I was going to say other side of 50. And I tell you, there's, you know, absolutely true. I don't have the hair that I used to have and I don't, hell, I don't have the stamina that I used to have. You know what I got? I got disposable right? income. You know, oh, that's, so that's what I got is disposable income. So that should be pretty hot. So we'll, we'll have to go ahead. I'll never forget. I was um, attending um, when I, when I got um, divorced the second time, I attended something called Parents Without Partners. And that's, you know, you had kids. And so you went to these events. And I remember we were all sitting at this big, long table. And um, we, they were talking about when do you have sex with the woman that you're, you know, that you're dating. And, you know, it was one day, two day, three dates. I think the three dates thing now is, I don't know, it seems mandatory for the younger set. But who, what do I know? So, and I finally looked at him. I said, you know, I said, they're not going to get sex until I get some jewelry. (laughs) And he took his watch and he handed it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. So So I think it's it's fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, as Dawn was, we've been stuck in the house. One of the things we've been doing uh, recently is playing the old board games. Uh, I was enjoying the Terraforming Mars games that we've been playing. We played three games now. Three games. You've beat and me by three points on all three all games. All three games. It's been really, it's really weird. Really well. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then uh, our uh, we played a game called Mystic Veil last night. Yeah. Which is a brand new game to us. Friends of ours got that for us. They surprised us. It, it showed up on our doorstep. And you um, made up for me beating you by three points on three games. 65 to 14. <laughs> I, I hadn't good, wasn't going to mention that part. So I'm glad that you remember. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we've been doing lately. Can we play again? I'm actually <laughs> ready. Mystic Veil. What do you do? This sounds it, interesting. It's a... Uh, de- kind of like a deck building game? Yeah, it's a deck building game, kind of like the Dominion or any other deck building game. But the difference is you build your cards along the way. So a lot of your cards are blank when you start. And as you play, you create cards by adding different components to it. So it ends up being a very different game every time. I actually thought it was going to be really confusing, but we watched a little, what, 10-minute video on it Mm -hmm. and were able to pick it up really fast. So that was kind of neat. And I'm sure we only skipped a few rules. Well, Is it like a computer game? No, no, actual actual board game. game. Uh Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Yep. That's not cool. We have a whole collection of them. It's well, our geekiness, I it guess. is. Well, we have something here at the space called um, Kinky and Geeky. And okay. we usually get between 80 and 100 people. And it's board games in our big room and then a dungeon in the back room. And we get more people at that than we do at our huge dungeon play parties. Oh, wow. Yeah, people okay. are into their board games. Yep. So, Don, uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned that we were no longer doing the... Uh, the flirty questions, the, terrible the flirty really questions. bad flirty questions. But we do have three limits questions today. Uh, all of them have to do with anal. I'm just going to warn you right there. <laughs> and uh, Autumn, you actually said you might be willing to uh, handle one of these anal questions. I didn't put I'll it that way, of try. course. <laughs> so I guess really, uh, one, two, or three is the first question I'll ask you. Oh, one, two, or three? Yep. You want just, me to choose? Yep. Three. Okay. 
Uh, now, this is there's no judgment here, and this is a tricky one. So, and this is supposed to be, um, you share if you have experience with it, wasn't it? Experience, and then willingness, if willingness, or experience, willingness, or if you do it again. Yes. You ready? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anal linctus, which oh no, I'm sorry, you're number three. Anal lingus, lingus. That would be the anal rimming. That would be the tongue on the butthole. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I can hear the laughing. blushing. <laughs> <laughs> this is not I am laughing because I, I have um, a good friend, and I remember she told me, we were all sitting around, we were drinking margaritas one day, and she says, your man doesn't love you unless she licks your ass. <laughs> and I, I, I said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, wow, I will, hmm. And I, now it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I tell my husband, honey, if you love me, really, you know, he's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, Dawn, have you tried uh, licking asses? No, not so much. <laughs> I don't, I, we've had this conversation a yes. long time ago, Did actually. We? Yes. You asked me if I would be into it. You were asking for somebody else. Okay. And um, you don't remember that? That's okay. I'll remind you later. Um, but I think if you have to, ha if you're going to do that, then you need some serious anal bleaching. You need, yeah. For me, it was like, you know, I might be into that with a few people, but that's a really intimate thing, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, I don't know that it's, I, hmm. <laughs> I'd be willing with caveats. Um. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> my problem is I am all about my, the things that turn me on are the things that turn you on, mm -hmm. right? And so if I was with somebody and they said, oh, I've always fantasized about this thing. And I said, you know, that would be like, oh, you've always fantasized about this particular thing. I'm not too, I'm not, I'll tell you, I'm not, to, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. The right, I mean, I, obviously <laughs> I, I'm going to clean things up a little bit first. But, um, yeah, why not? Okay. I, and again, this is with that opportunity. If you are out there listening, old podcast listeners going, man, you don't know what you're missing. Now's your chance to toss us an email and say, well, I want to come on the show and tell you why it's fantastic. So I've okay. talked to people before, yeah, that think it is fantastic. That Absolutely. is what they are into. And it's so and funny because we know, right, it, you know, one day you'll say, oh, I've, uh, I do this thing, right? And be like, oh man, that thing. And then three months later, you're like, oh my God, that is the hottest thing ever. Why did I not do that before? So, well, like I said, I could be into it, but there's caveats, right? Don, one or two? Two. Anal intercourse. Absolutely. Yes. You have no pause there Experience, whatsoever. Experience, done it, willing to do it again. <laughs> Big fan, I would take it. Big fan. I would tell you my biggest problem with anal intercourse, mm -hmm. if I might. Uh, not receiving. I'm not good at receiving it. I haven't tried that. Giving mm -hmm. is things are uh, a bit tight there. And my uh, tantric techniques for maintaining long-term non-ejaculation gets shot out the window. <laughs> shot out the window. Shot out the window, <laughs> yes. Good word for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get number one then, Dave? Yes. Ugh. All right, so number one is, oh, where are we at? Oh, anal dilation. 
The spreading of the butthole. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I have not heard of anal dilation as a kink before. Oh, really? So You haven't been watching my porn up. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been watching your porn hub. That is correct. I actually went to look it up, and the first five or six responses are all from, like, Children's Hospital. What? And Intermountain Healthcare. And, um, it's uh, some post-surgical deal. Like many things that kinksters have, have uh, taken over, it is a, it's a legitimate medical thing. Oh, I don't want to know that. Well, then let's move on <laughs> to the Beginner's Guide to Anal Stretching, which okay. I found kinkly. <laughs> Uh, I still don't know much about anal dilation. I can't say it's ever struck me. I have never been sitting in my bed, stroking it, thinking, oh, fuck, the anal dilation. (laughs) And if it's a process, it's probably not what my porn is. My porn is not a process for anal dilation. Does that make sense? Fuck me. I just remembered something. Uh Uh-oh, what? One One of our partners, one of my submissives. Yes. But I got her an anal dilation set, not knowing that's what it was. It was a... The, the butt plug training kit? Yes. I've had one of those before. So is that what you use for... I suppose so. Okay. I don't know. But if you want to find out more, apparently rosebuttboard.com is the place to go for extreme anal dilation. Okay. Then it is what I'm thinking. Right. You, no, you don't have to write but that But that down, is not okay. how they do it in the hospital, is what I'm saying. There's okay. no way they use butt plugs. In the hospital. No, I... I <laughs> There's got to be something else. I'm use. no doctor. <laughs> but when it comes to anal dilation, I prefer a butt plug. Okay. I don't even... Autumn's gone at this point. She's like, you guys are oh way Well, <laughs> then that's what that, that butt plug you bought at the silent auction. That's like huge. Yeah, that's bigger than a, a vagina. Absolutely. Bit. Oh, good. Twice as big. So we bought it because no one else did. That's my story. I'm sticking to That's it. That's your story. You're sticking to it. <laughs> if it disappears, no, sorry. Uh, you took my show notes, so I don't know I what did. we're talking about. But it's probably going to be the tentacles on porn or something I did, like did that. Did I take your show notes? Yes. Sorry. Yes. So we do have more tentacles, and do we have food on boobs? Um, I'm not sure. But I no, I, I do see that um, you got a, a bunch of stuff again, including a cartoon girl hugging a squid on the beach. I did, and that's from Ansamwal. So it it is. It's a cartoon girl hugging a squid. So, but it was kind of cute. And then um, Beacon Rope. I'm trying to read my own notes here. So Beacon Ropes sent in. Oh, oh, oh! It's the original Japanese hentai. So it's the the Japanese woman with the the octopus yeah, the, on her. The, the one that you find on Wikipedia if you look up. If you look up yeah. hentai or tentacle sex, that's the picture that that you end up with. So it's I think it's called Fisherman's Wife. And um, he was showing it to me because his friend is thinking about getting a tattoo of it. So I thought that would be pretty neat. Um, though I would go more with the uh, the bondage fairies or the the cartoon tentacle sex. I will, I will tell you a terrible. <laughs> I will tell you a terrible fairy a terrible fairy tattoo story. Okay, should I go through my tentacles first? No, this is more important. Okay, so <laughs> about and uh, Autumn, this will tell you how old we are. About okay. 30 years ago, I met this dude, and we were starting to become friends, and he had a tattoo of a fairy, and the fairy had an M16 and a bandolier of ammo, and, and 
these fang teeth. And when I, 30 Ooh. years ago, I looked at that and I go, man, that's super badass. I'm going to get that tattoo. Then we can be tattoo buddies. Really? <clears throat> so ends up the same dude ends up screwing my wife at the time. And had I gotten that tattoo, oh. right, that would have been a very negative sort of reminder tattoo. That so, is very true. Isn't that, that is interesting? True. Was that wife number one or wife number? It would have been what, number one, right? Oh, yeah, number one. In Jersey? No, wait a minute. Yes, number one, right. In Jersey? So did I meet this person? No, this was after, during the Navy years. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so different state. Autumn, do you have any tattoos? I do not. I tell you what I, do not. I keep thinking I want to get one. I just don't. Here's my deal. I don't know what I want on my body forever. So here's what I, here's I get, what you do. I get bored too fast. Head <laughs> over. Like, what do I want on my body? I've thought about a few of them. I just thinking. I just will, will I be bored with it? That would be my thing. Head over to this tattoo shop near where you live. I will call in the tattoo for you, and you just lay there, <laughs> and then you know keep your eyes closed, and then after the tattoo's <laughs> over, go look in the mirror, and you'll see. You know. And also, I, I don't know where to put it. I mean, there's like my 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 daughters have one. One has one across her back. One has on her arm. I just don't know where I want it. That's so I feel always like if a I decision. Knew exactly yeah. what I wanted. And I I have like some different ideas. I even have like a you know on my Pinterest, I have like a little tattoo thing uh -huh. where I see some cute tattoos and I put them in there. Um, but I also don't know where I want it. I would I would recommend. On, on your back, you get tattooed. If you loved me, analingus. I'm just saying. That's a possibility. You put it on your back because they're behind you. I have easily <laughs> just finish your tentacle links. Anyway, all right. So um, teacher 0608 sent me, it's, a, it's an Etsy bathroom sink. So it's literally a, uh, like a bathroom sink bowl, mm -hmm. but it's made out of like teal ceramic with an octopus wrapped around the, the edge. But it is Ooh. also a thousand dollars. So it is probably not going into my bathroom. And then Inspire, yeah, it was beautiful. Inspire sent me a link to Taintacle. So and the Taintacle looks like like a bad dragon dildo. So if you've ever heard of Bad Dragon, they are they make some amazing dildos. And that's what it looked like. So it's it's a Tentacle. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's a tentacle mm -hmm. dildo called Taintacle. T a. Are you looking it up, Dan? I am looking it up. T a i n t a c l e. And he did it through Instagram, so I'm not sure if it's actually a website or not. But no, no, there was a link. There's a Hanky's Toys has the Taintacle. In, is that what it is? In three different sizes. That is a badass dildo. I will give you that. Isn't that awesome looking? But see how it looks like Bad Dragon. It's kind of got like a bad dragon feel to it. It does. It absolutely does. Yeah. So, no, we, we, we love bad dragon. The latest thing you'll see on our Instagram is a picture of the cover of the Living MS book. And the reason for that is... Oh, yeah. Uh, if you are listening to this when we release it on uh, August... Nope. April. On April... <laughs> We've been quarantined too long. April 6th, I believe. Yeah, I Monday, you. April 6th. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of... I felt bad that we asked... Uh, it's actually a Friday night right now, and we asked mm -hmm. Autumn to come on the show on a Friday night, and I was like... Which we never do. Right, but, but I was like, you know, who cares anymore? It's fucking Friday, <laughs> Thursday, Tuesday. It doesn't make a difference make anymore. Any difference. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wrote The Boyfriend, and I'm like, well, it's kind of weird. We actually have something scheduled for tonight, so... Yeah, first know? time in a while. Anyway, if you, on April 6th, 
Don and I will be talking on the Power Exchange Pow Wow Weekly Virtual Book Club Discussion featuring the book Living MS uh, with, of course, Dan and Don. Uh, there's a FetLife link for it out there somewhere. If you're following us on any of the social media, the link is out there. Go mm-hmm. get it. Go join us. Live chat about the book, which is really weird. Being on the Discord channel, this Discord server where they're talking about putting it up. And, you know, I just kind of was told about it. So I found the Discord server. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, fuck. Wait, it's your book we're talking about. I know. Well, that's why I wrote the person writing the book club, running the book club. And I said, hey, we were thinking of uh, jumping in because we saw that you're going to be using our book, you know, but I don't know that that's the vibe you want to go for, you know, having the authors on there or if you guys would rather talk among yourselves. And she's like, no, 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 go ahead. And so and then she put out a post telling people to to join because she had a surprise. I actually hoped, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed. And I, I, Autumn, you might be this way, too, when you look at your book reviews. I looked at your book reviews, by the way, and uh, you're doing stellar on Good. Amazon. But it's that one, you know, I, I don't want to join this book club thing and then have somebody say, oh, I thought it was pretty good, except for their grammar is not that great. Oh, fuck me, man. <laughs> I'm, withdraw that book. Get it off. Oh, that's terrible. It's been out there for um, 10 years. I do not look at reviews. I've learned not I, to. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only ones I look at um, is if somebody actually sends them to me. Um, like if I, I went on a blog tour, I'll go on blog tours. I'll look at those. And I thing is like, um, right now I'm not working, but, you know, normally I'm working. So I'm, um, I'm in front of a million people when I'm, you know, opening up my email. And I just, you know, you don't want to like, hmm. I just find if I don't look at the reviews, I just feel happier and reviews are so subjective. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we know we put out a good book. So, you know, I want to live with that and not look at the the single person that has an issue that that was an issue. And people can have, I don't know, people can have so many issues about different things. I I remember um, I got a one star on the impaler's wife and it does have some rough facts i mean he's he was vlad dracula he liked it rough mm-hmm. and um she i think the, the the reviewer said something like the woman is obsessed with um rough facts i'm thinking yes there's like a the book's 450 pages <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't think i'm obsessed with it it's just here and there a little bit uh so i just you know i stopped reading um reviews oh there you go just happened yeah cool Mm -hmm. all right let's wrap this thing up dawn take a moment to support the podcast wrap 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 (laughs) wrap it up i'll take it ray at you on apple podcast google play stitcher spotify or wherever you listen or just tell your friends if you like what we're doing head on over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening and take a look at the options like Discounted stuff, extra content, name your own reward, and more. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Autumn. Bye, Autumn. Bye. Thanks for having me.